What kind of powers would little baby Jesus have? Just infant. I'm just saying, whatever powers they are, they should theoretically be more than whatever normal non-son of God baby powers have. <laughs> We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that sucked and shows that flowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Featuring the VIPs of SBT, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kind of busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phases to download the rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told. Grab yourself a drink and let's unload. In a very special episode. Hello and Merry Winter Solstice. This is a very special episode podcast where we review TV shows with terrifying implications to history, theology, mythology, and heck, probably even geography. I'm David Bitsenoffer, and with me is the person who believes you can't save all the babies is... Austin Gorton. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all. That's right. It's just Austin and I this time. I know this brings up two questions. First, where's Carolyn? Well, scheduling just didn't work out, right? I think that. <laughs> yes, Carolyn is Carolyn is in the midst of a uh, uh, nigh cross country move. Yeah. So, in the she... effort or in the hopes of of churning out our Christmas content, uh, we had to leave her stranded somewhere in the middle of the Midwest while we soldier on ahead. In the cold, though. In the snowing. cold, yes. She's like the little match girl right now. <laughs> Or she's on her way. She's following a star in the north. <laughs> well, that. Well, then there's question two, which is, if it's really just me and Austin, why aren't we doing a cape podcast? <laughs> and, well, unfortunately for the cape, to have a Christmas episode, you need to not get canceled before Christmas arrives. Uh, and God, could you imagine what the cape Christmas episode would have been like? <laughs> It probably would have been about like the 4th of July or something. (laughs) (laughs) I still want to do a cape. Frankly, I'll be honest. I think it got canceled before Christmas. I don't know. I know it was like 13 episodes and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, 13 episodes, most series Christmas episode. I mean, this is this is season three, episode nine of the show in question, right? I mean, they could have gotten to Christmas, but who knows? But I wouldn't allow us to do just a single episode of The Cape anyway. We need a whole podcast dedicated to every episode to really uh, enjoy that masterpiece. Right, Uh, right. (laughs) But today, enough about The Cape, unfortunately. Today we're reviewing Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, Season 3, Episode 9, A Star to Guide Them. Aeolus has a weird dream that tells him he must travel north. Hercules tags along. Along the way, they find two others who had a similarly weird dream, whilst an evil king is trying to murder all the babies under one year old. Once they reach their destination of <clears throat> Bethos, 
You'll never guess what the three people find. I mean, literally, we'll never told, so we have to guess what it is. <laughs> but the twinkly music and pulsating light from inside the manger-like building they approach... Uh, Spoiler alert. <laughs> ...sets off some pretty big clues. <laughs> Uh, Austin, what's your relationship with Hercules colon The Legendary Journey? First of all, Dave, I just have to say, I admire the chutzpah of picking a Christmas episode from a show that up until this point in time, I naturally (laughs) assumed took place well, well before the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But uh, but here we are. Talking about the the Greek slash Roman character Hercules and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's Greek. Uh, this is the classic. For whatever reason, Hercules gets his Roman name with all the Greek gods. Right? Yeah, no, I have a I have that question somewhere in here. Was is this is this Hercu- is this meant to be Greek times or Roman times? It, but cons- it's Greek. But considering Jesus rolls up into this house, I don't think they were paying <laughs> too close. The distinction between Greek and Roman was likely lost on these creators. So, well, you'll be happy to know that I think in later seasons, which I mean, we'll get to it. I did not watch. I believe Norse mythology ends up making an appearance. Okay. So. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> d- yeah. Uh, my history with Hercules, the legendary journey. I don't think I've ever watched any of this. Um, uh-huh. I sad. did you watch any Xena? Uh, maybe a little bit, but yeah, not much. But it's one of those shows that I was aware of. I don't know how through osmosis somehow. Um, I mean, I knew the shtick. You had Hercules. You had Aeolus. They were two (laughs) pals wandering around fighting demons in a low-budget syndicated adventure serial kind of thing. If you knew that, why weren't you watching it? It's it's legitimately it's a good question, especially (laughs) because being the like Greek mythology buff that I am, um, Mm -hmm. especially in my younger days, this is like right up my alley. But uh, I'm sure it was the usual my usual hang up of. only finding out about it after it had started and then being like, well, this is 1994. <laughs> no way you could catch up on I, I can't on. start watching this show now. Are you kidding me? Um, In this yeah. very episodic show, there's no way I'm going to catch up <laughs> right, on what's happening. Right? I need to be there from the beginning to follow the twists and turns of the intricate plotting. Uh, <laughs> and of course, I, I, I think I largely was aware of this show because Hercules himself is played by Minnesota's own Kevin Sorbo. And yeah, I mean, uh, normally we love Minnesota people. Yeah, but uh, Kevin Sorbo's kind of <laughs> let us down of, of late. So, um, I mean, we can get, we can get into that. In yeah, days, yeah. So, yeah, this this so, might be the first episode of this show I've watched <laughs> from end to end. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's its finest offering <laughs> for sure. But I, this isn't like a masterpiece of a <laughs> television series. I, so I've obviously, I've watched it, I guess. Uh, not all of it, though. And I'm, I'm trying to think, because I don't know. It's very much my recollection, and some of this might be history, some of this might be me just misremembering, but like UPN became a network television Yeah, a, thing, a television right? network. Yeah, television yep. network, but yep. it's a very like low-budget one, right? Yes. And I remember it was... Wasn't, uh, was Deep Space Nine on it, or was it... Voyager. No, it was Voyager? Yeah, Voyager was the first one. Voyager was basically, like, UPN's flagship show. It's, it, it's yeah, a launch but, show. 
And I remember when they were launching, there was a few things they were doing, like, launching with. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, I don't want to say this. And then they had, like, these, like, franchises that they decided to, like, buy in order to launch the network. Mm -hmm. And so I remember, so they did these, like, made-for-TV movies that were Hercules movies. That was Kevin Sorbo and stuff. And there was, like, five of them in, like, 2000, or not, like, 1994, I think I looked up. And then they decided to spin those made-for-TV movies off into a TV show. And I may have watched one or two of those made-for-TV movies. But I remember UPN also did, like, I think they did a Kung Fu reboot and a Knight Rider reboot they attempted as well. But hmm, Interesting. Uh, they, they at least had a, it was like Knight Rider 2099. I think I'm mixing it up with uh, year, but. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, it was like Knight Rider. It might've even just been Knight Rider 2020 or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they, there was at least a TV movie that was it that, and they probably planned a series on that and maybe never did. But now that, that was their whole model was to have like all these TV movies that ended up turning into TV shows. And of course. Hercules was one of them, and so then I ended up watching it from there, and so and I watched it for, a f- I think I've seen probably up to three or four seasons, and I was trying to think, because I always, my memory is that I was more into it than Xena, and I don't know why, because I think most people would say objectively Xena's a better show. I certainly remember the episode, because Xena's a spinoff of Hercules, right, I should say. Right. I certainly remember the episode where Xena shows up for the first time on Hercules, just because it was memorable. Um, but I'm not sure if that's true or if I just, like, Xena came later, I think, in, like, Hercules, like, second or third season. Yeah. And then I just started tailing off probably just whatever time slot it was I got busy during and stopped watching. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of tailed off, I think, on both of them. Because I don't really recall specifically, like, not watching Xena after Hercules, because I think they were blocked together. But anyway, so I saw... So I've seen up to like three or four seasons and then just stopped watching eventually because I, for whatever reason, you just stop watching a show. I do know, I've, I think in syndication, once I turned it on and it was like, they had these weird like f- episodes that would preview the upcoming season. <laughs> and this one was like, it's, it was like a writer's conference, like that's in bizarre <laughs> yeah and so then they like it's like the writers are together in a room with like kevin sorbo and they're talking over like what's going to happen in the next season and they show clips of the upcoming season to get, to whet your appetite so to speak or it might have been that or it might have been a review of the previous season i don't know my only point is it ends with like the writers leaving and then like kevin sorbo's by himself and then like aries shows up and then they like have a battle or something or have like this talk. And so the implication is Kevin Sorbo is actually Hercules, (laughs) (laughs) which has all sorts of weird implications. But I guess this episode we're going to show us. It seems to suggest the writers don't care about all the weird implications of what they write. Uh, I will say this show also introduced me to Bruce Campbell. So that's fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because this is uh, produced by Sam Raimi, which we'll get to. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. We won't get to now because I just mentioned it. But <laughs> just interesting. So it feels like it has his fingerprints on it as well. And so he had some favorite actors who I think mm-hmm. he liked, mm-hmm. including Bruce Campbell, show up. And he was Autolycus, the King of Thieves. And I always wondered why he didn't get his own spinoff as well. But mm, Autolycus is quite a mouthful. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> they need to shor- shorten it up. 
Yeah. But but I just generally enjoyed it. I don't think I ever enjoyed it like thinking I was watching like a great series or anything, but right, it was always right. just fun. I felt like it's an action show, so it was just always a lot of action sequences and you watch and be like, Yeah, that's fun. I got to see him beat up some stuff, beat a monster. I kinda like Greek mythology, even though I recognized it wasn't uh <laughs> true greek mythology <laughs> even before this episode which i did not remember at all in, in, in as much as any you know greek mythology is changes in the telling and whatnot but oh yeah 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 i, I don't think like Jesus even in up. like i think there's some stories in greek mythology that no one knows the real aphrodite was born a couple different ways or something like oh that, or yeah know. yeah there's different versions of of the same yeah. story and stuff yeah yeah. And nobody knows what the quote original story right, was. Right. And you know more about Greek mythology than I do. I dabbled in it. You went headlong into it. And it's kind I of was funny. born in Greek mythology. I know. <laughs> you were molded. <laughs> you by merely it. adopted it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of funny because I, I was fine watching this, but then I refused to watch the Disney. <laughs> Hercules because it wasn't true enough to the Greek mythology. See, now this is where I have standards because I also refused to watch the Disney Hercules <laughs> because I was a smarmy teenager that was like that's not like the real mythology, <laughs> but I also did not watch this and that makes me better than you. <laughs> but at least Hera is like actually evil in this one. That is true. That is true. And I think one thing we, I believe is like they cast like Zeus and Hera and I'm not going to say they were big name actors, but I think they were big enough that they didn't want to bring them back for this TV series, which is why, like, you never see Zeus or Hera in Right, this. And, right. like, Hera's only mentioned. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's probably more than anybody wanted to hear about Hercules and his legendary journeys. <laughs> uh, Kevin Sorbo. So, the thing about Kevin Sorbo is I just hear that he's an asshole but i don't know any of the actual stories as to his assholery right and i don't know if you know any specific i I, I don't i mean i just from what i understand is he's a fairly uh routine conservative celebrity type yeah evangelical yeah yeah very religious Uh, the one thing according to that expert source well i guess the gruel orphans who are never wrong was he defended uh, the Passion of the Christ. Okay. When people were attacking it for being anti-Semitic. Okay. By saying, news alert, you did kill Jesus. Okay. Referring to the Jews. Yeah. Which... I don't think that was the anti-Semitism the people were concerned with in that film, but okay. <laughs> well, that's where I was. I don't We don't need to get into that. I don't know what... Mel Gibson's a terrible person and an anti-Semite. I know that. Right. Right. Pretty much as a fact now, right? It's uh-huh, a fact. Uh-huh. But what was it in the movie that people really hated? Well, I just I think it was the depiction of Jewish people as villains and stereotypes. Yeah. And it's like it, it's not that they didn't kill Jesus, but they weren't twirling their mustaches while they did it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. I don't know. It's now I always had a problem with the idea that quote, the Jews killed Jesus, just because I understand that there were, you know, rabbis who plotted in order to get Jesus right. crucified, but they weren't alone in all this. There's many people implicated in right. the, uh, killing a Jesus. I don't know why we're just focusing 
on the Jewish member. Right. To say to say that the Jews killed Jesus uh, uh, implies some sort of of uh, like multi-person ethnic action. Like, yeah, there were people involved in the death of Jesus who were Jewish. That does not mean the Jews killed Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, well, South Park would say differently. So. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently we don't need Carolyn to get into uh, troublesome topics. <laughs> we don't need Carolyn to get us canceled. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I, I think I read up on was that Kevin Sorbo believes that Christians are uh, like persecuted against in Hollywood, basically. They, mm, ah, yes. They don't get that their old, faith that old chestnut. <laughs> Tell that to, uh... Crap, I can't think of his name now. Tim One Allen? Chris's. No, Chris. <laughs> Evans, Hemsworth, Pine. Evan. No, okay. no. No, no, none of those. Those are the three I thought of. <laughs> Rock. Um, no... The Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Pratt. Yeah. Chris Pratt, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's very Christian, and he he still seems to be doing all right. Right, he's, he's very Christian, and he's in everything now. He's Garfield, yeah, he's exactly. Mario, he's, I mean, there's no ethnicity. He's even he kind of problematically Christian, but, you know. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that, <laughs> not that we need to get into all right. that. But anyways, on to Hercules and his legendary journey this episode. Yes. Uh, we start with Aeolus having a dream. Or I guess, no, first they're at the fire, right? And they're they're excited for the winter solstice, <laughs> just to give us a time. <laughs> I love how low budget everything is to the point where it's like Hercules and Aeolus are two dudes who just who travel like the whole idea is you know they travel mm-hmm. the country writing wrongs or whatever and um you know eolus is there because every hero needs a sidekick to talk to um yeah. but like it's literally that's it it's just them they have no gear they have no like yeah bag <laughs> with a bedroll on it that they like unfurl to lay next to their fire Hercules mm-hmm. has no sword, no bow and arrow, no... Uh, Hercules doesn't need a sword or a bow and arrow. He's got his... Aeolus could probably fist. do... Is he, is he... Is is Hercules, like, chasing down rabbits with his bare hands to eat <laughs> for dinner? Like, what I... <laughs> well, we'll get to that, because they seem to have a tasty meal, and I don't do. know how they procured it. But... This is what I'm saying, like, but they're just... It's such a low-budget show, they're just like, they're gonna travel with nothing. Oh, are they settling in for the night? Yes. How do we know? Because they're laying on the ground next to a fire. <laughs> do they have a blanket? No. No blanket. We yeah, don't no have blanket like money bed. on this show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. And then uh, Eolus has a weird dream that involves like a uh, tree, a rock, and like some sort of flying metal star that nearly decapitates him. I think where the... It's a trippy ass dream. I mean, I'll give him that. Yeah. It's a trippy dream. <laughs> and then a light. I, I guess we need to, yeah, before this dream, and I guess is that Eolus is moping because they're going to a like dedication of a statue to Hercules, and Eolus is like, everyone loves Hercules, no one cares about Eolus. And- What's the matter? 
You love festivals. And we are the guest of honor at this one. No, you were the guest of honor. That's not true. At least they couldn't care if I went or not. We both saved the town from those bandits. Okay. So, who are they erecting that statue to? You know what? I, I don't care about that. It's just. <sighs> Where am I going, Hercules? You know what I mean? What am I supposed to achieve in this life? Eolus, where did this come from? I mean, am I going to be remembered as Eolus or the guy with Hercules? I'm like, yeah, get used to it. You should be used to well, it already. That was my thought. Is I'm like, you're not wrong, but also this is the ninth episode of your third season. How is this any different than any other time in your history <laughs> together? I feel like you either would have gotten used to this or ended your partnership by now. I mean, it's just you got to have some self awareness, right? Right. Like, right. No one wants to hear Jimmy Olsen whine about how nobody knows who he is, but everyone knows who Superman is, right? Like, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that, that's the nature of being next to Superman. You got to recognize Superman, Superman. You know, Why is it always Batman and Robin? Why is it ever yeah. Robin and Batman? <laughs> know your role. That's exactly, all I'm saying, exactly. So he wishes somebody would know his name, and uh, then he goes to sleep, and that's where we get that weird ass dream. Uh, so then he wakes up and he's all excited and he's like, he needs to go somewhere. And Hercules is like, go where? And he always is like, I just have to go somewhere. I've, I had this dream and I feel all warm and happy and I need to go north. Hercules is like, sure, we can go north. But we we're also living in an age where the gods are petty and cruel. So maybe they got a spell on you. But he always is sure it's not a spell. He's ready just to go north and... Then the, we find out his hands are red, which is just a thing. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't have any meaning, I don't think, right? No, like I think any... it just marks the dreamers, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know what it, how, I don't, if this is all supposed to be, like, dropping the, the, the story yeah, the, of the bird, you know, the, the Christmas the story. The Christmas story, yeah. Uh, if it's supposed to be, like, laying that over Hercules stuff. I, I don't know. I don't know what the red hands are meant to like. Okay, by the end, these dudes are like I don't know the wise men or the shepherds or something. But I don't know what the mm-hmm. red hands have to do with anything. Yeah, like the, there is no red hands in the Christmas story that you remember. Like correct, that. correct. So then we cut to uh, uh, King Polonius, who I don't believe was ever an actual Greek character, right? Uh, not that I'm, I mean, Polonius, I was probably, there's that name probably shows up in things, but not, yeah. not famously hit. Do you know, did he ever appear in the series before? No, no. I think anybody you see here besides Aeolus and Hercules are all new. To yeah. This Has never and will never appear again. I mean, as far as I know, yeah. that is. The he case. just, at one point in the episode, he talks about like having tangled with Hercules before or something like that. And. That just made me wonder if the, maybe there was an episode somewhere online maybe, where he fought Polonius. I suppose we put the gruel orphans on that. And... Yeah. And then uh, then his wife, Melifony, his queen, uh, uh, is there as well. And he tells his queen that he saw the Oracle of Delphi and she s- told him that the next heir to the throne will not be of the house Polonius. Polonius? I hardly knew him. Yeah, I know. (laughs) 
So Melifany's all up in arms because she's pregnant. And she thinks her child is going to be the next heir. So obviously something's going on here. And she's and she's certain it's a boy because of the way that it's positioned in her womb. Well, that's just good science, right? So, right. That's the kind of science Kevin Sorbo can get behind. <laughs> that's Kevin Sorbo science. <laughs> And I believe this is where they decide that they're going to have to just round up all children under one years old. Yes, though notably at this point, it's just rounding them up. Yeah. Which I have questions about, but we'll get to that later. Uh, (laughs) So we're doing like a soft Herod at this point. We're We're not at infant genocide yet. We're just at infant kidnapping, mass kidnapping. So my question about Herod, the Christmas story, uh-huh. which I thought I knew fairly well, but I don't know. Ralphie wants a BB gun. So Herod wants to wants to round up all the kids to you know murder them because one of them's going to be the true king or something right. to that effect. Yep. Right? Yep. And how did they not get Jesus? Um, I think because he, I think they went the other direction or something like that. No, that's not right, because they were going back to Bethlehem because of the census. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Well, that's all I needed to know. There wasn't some famous part of the story that I'm forgetting that, like... No, I don't think so. Or is it just because he wasn't born yet, and so they didn't... Yeah, I'm not sure that the... This is where some of the the like archetypes and mythology gets crossed up because like yeah because there's a lot of stories in like mythology and right that involve the the, the the preemptive killing of infants and children in the yeah. hopes of staving off one uh, some king's replacement and the act of doing so is what and it never works right it never works um you know and that gets into just the the you know repeated and cyclical nature of these stories and just, you know, the notion yeah. that, you know, every religion has a mass flood story of some kind or another. These, yep, yep. these things kind of repeat themselves, but, um, just kind of an interesting concept. It you know. is. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably another podcast. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm not sure if, if in the classic telling of, of the Christmas story, it's a kill the infants situation. It might be a, kill the older kids like kill a one-year-old sort of thing and that's how jesus gets by yeah the moral being herod should have widened his uh his edict (laughs) (laughs) or maybe it's just after the christ because he's born and then i forget what happened yeah that could be too it might be after he's born that they're like we we could just google this i'm sure there's probably some (laughs) some uh uh, devout christians listening to this screaming at us right now yeah exactly (laughs) Who's who are we kidding? They left long ago. <laughs> and then we get the opening credits. This is the story of a time long ago, a time of myth and legend, when the ancient gods were petty and cruel, and they plagued mankind with suffering. Only one man dared to challenge their power, Hercules. Hercules possessed a strength the world had never seen, a strength surpassed only by the power of his heart. He journeyed the earth, battling the minions of his wicked stepmother Hera, the all-powerful queen of the gods. But wherever there was evil, wherever an innocent would suffer, there would be Hercules.
What do you think of these awesome opening credits, huh? Um, I love how they're just like starring this guy and then this guy and we're done. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Only two people. <laughs> well, it says starring Kevin Sorbo, also starring <laughs> like whoever has Eolus and that's it. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, for whatever reason, the term in the times when the ancient gods were petty and cruel always stuck with me because I'm like, yeah, I guess they were kind of dicks back then, weren't they? <laughs> right, right. But not all the gods are bad in this, I don't think. Yeah, I forget. No, and that was pretty consistent with mythology. They were always uh, um, yeah. different allegiances of the gods and, and moral. They, they fit into the square of, you know, chaotic good and lawful evil and all of that in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we come back and Hercules tells Eolus he will go with them to the north. And Hercules is babbling on about like where they're going. They're just going north. They have no plan, whatever. And Eolus is like, You're usually I'm the one who babbles on these journeys. And North, he says. No province, no castle, no village, no nothing. Just north. You don't happen to have any idea how far north we're going, do you? No, this is really funny because usually on our journeys, I'm the one that does the babbling. Babbling? What, 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 you're saying I'm babbling? Like I'm talking incessantly, babbling, mumbling anything that pops in my head, babbling? That kind of babbling? Waka waka. Yeah, I know. Me babbling? What am I babbling about? I'm not babbling about how we don't know where we're going, but, um... So, they're just traveling north. This is going to be difficult because there's not a whole lot that happens in this episode. It's going to be a lot of walking and talking about going north, right? Right, that's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, then we get a quick flash to uh, just babies getting stolen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by Polonius's guards, which was just kind of jarring to see. It was. It was, it was a. It was a really. It was a tough smash cut <laughs> from like yeah. goofy road antics to like here's a dude just getting chest in the pu- getting punched in the chest repeatedly. Yeah, exactly. As like babies are being ripped from mothers' hands, you know, this doesn't make me feel good. So then Aeolus and Hercules are still going forward, and then uh, then Hercules, like, rests on a rock and said, what are we even doing? Aeolus is like, well, I have this feeling that something important is to the north. And then he notices that the rock Hercules is sitting on is the same rock from his dream. Yes. Which prompts them that they're on the right path. Yep. That's pretty much every scene for a while. <laughs> yeah, Hercules exactly. is like this seems weird, and Eolus is like it's cool. Yep, and then we get we also I might have skipped this. Yeah, this guy, uh, this thief, is leaving his band of thieves because he had a dream himself and feels like he has to go north. I don't think he actually says that. He's just like, I need to get out of here. I have somewhere to be, and he like takes their gold and starts leaving. Which then made me think that others were going to end up with frankincense and myrrh, but that really didn't happen. Right, I was like, I was totally waiting for something like that, <laughs> for like one of them, like for him to be like, "Oh, hello, f- hello, Hercules, what's your name? I am Bob Frankincense, or something like that." <laughs> uh, and so then we go to a farmhouse where Eurus is talking to his wife Lorelai, and they have a son, and they know, and Eurus. Also feels the need to leave and go north. But then the mother is like, you're crazy. He's like, no, I have to do this. And then I think he travels with her, though. But I forget if it's because. Yeah, they're traveling. They're going to, like, take the family to his brother's house or something. 
where they'll be safe before yeah. he goes north by himself or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then uh, we go back to Aeolus and Hercules who are eating like a chicken or something <laughs> it sure over looks the like fight. like a chicken. <laughs> and which made me question, were there wild chickens in ancient Greece? <sighs> Boy, that's a good question. I guess I don't know the... the the, f- yeah, the nutritional anthropology behind uh, chickens and the domestication thereof. Yeah, well, it had to be a wild chicken because they weren't, they didn't like carry a chicken with them, right? Well, no, no. I don't know. They could have pilched it for someone's farm. <laughs> That's not very Hercules like. Fine. Either. Sorry. They could have been like, hello, local farmers. I am Hercules. <laughs> oh, Hercules, take this chicken. Well, I wouldn't, insi- I wouldn't want to impose, but uh, if you insist. <laughs> That looks like some mighty fine chicken you have there. Exactly. Also, it's a chicken because the producers just went and bought a chicken. But I mean, it could theoretically be just some sort of, you know, game bird that Hercules summoned out of the sky with his strength and then cooked up because he doesn't have a bow or an arrow or anything. Obviously, he just clapped really hard and the wind gust just blew the bird. There it is. That's it. That's this giant flighted bird. I, I do love how Hercules is like syndicated TV budget strong, <laughs> which is he's, you know, he could just oh, do yeah. strong stuff, but not anything like that where like he yeah, can you exactly. know, clap his hands and create a shockwave because we don't have the money to put a shockwave effects into these episodes. Yeah, he's strong in that he can punch something and then it falls down. Right. Or right. He can lift right. something up with like some very poor special effects. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, anyways. Trinculus, so this is the thief guy. He shows up and he looks like he's about to like murder them, and then Hercules captures him because he's Hercules and he can't get one over on Hercules, that's for sure. He, just, he was gonna steal Hercules' chicken. Yeah, and then he's just like, I was just hungry, and he's like, Well then you should have asked. And then he just joins him, like, I know you're gonna slit our throat for chicken, but you know it. Right. You're all right. right. <laughs> and so despite Eolus just wanting to keep going, they all sit down. And eat, but then they notice something about Trinculus's hands. They are also red. Mm. <laughs> For reasons. <laughs> this is the point in the episode where I realized that all of these guys look like a Def Leppard cover jam- cover band <laughs> wearing like Renfest cosplay. Yeah, that, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> like, you know when you're a kid and everybody seems old, like an old person to you, and then you get older and you're like, wait, they were only 24 at that time or something like that? I feel like this show is the opposite, where I watch it now and I'm like, these guys all look like they're near retirement age. <laughs> I know. Well, that's where, like, when I was watching it younger, like, Eolus was, like, my favorite. I liked Eolus more than Hercules, and it's a combination of me having a thing for sidekicks Mm -hmm. and liking sidekicks, but also I'm always an agility over strength kind of person. I always Uh like that. And then I just remember, like, years later, I was like, oh, I should watch this, and I'm like, I never realized Eolus was, like, 80 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Like, because he's a sidekick, I always imagined him as, like, you know, the fresh young face, and then Hercules Uh is, like, the old veteran, and then I'm like... He looks like 20 years older than Hercules. 
Right, right, and then they they get this other guy in, and then the ki- the guy with the baby shows up, and pretty soon yeah. I'm just like, they all have mullets, and <laughs> if they like squint just right, they suddenly have a lot more wrinkles than they had the other way than before, and I just I feel like they could all be in an, uh, like an '80s dad band cover band. No, definitely. I'm trying to think if any other men have facial hair or don't have facial hair besides Hercules. Well, Yolos doesn't either. Right, the two of them, but everybody else pretty much does. Yeah, except maybe Polonius. Yeah, that was a dumb thought. There's you can, you can fix that in post. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this just in from the Cracked Research team, right. who are uh, uh, thoroughly enjoying reading these stories of children being murdered. <laughs> um, the Kill the Babies edict from King Herod was a reaction to Jesus' birth, okay. not an attempt to prevent Jesus' birth. So basically... Yeah. Jesus is born, suddenly everyone's talking about this king of the Jews, and Herod's like, what's this nonsense? I'm the king of the Jews. Let's kill all the babies. And so then that prompts Jesus's family, while he's a baby, to go to Egypt. And then once Herod dies, they go back to uh, Israel And then they go through Nazareth, and that's where he becomes Jesus of Nazareth, and and all of that jazz. And so, there you so, go. So, Hercules and Aeolus hear about babies being killed, and are like, we gotta stop this. Joseph and Mary are like, we're getting the hell out of here. <laughs> right, right. Good luck yeah, exactly. all the other babies. <laughs> uh-huh, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, maybe Jesus could have used some of those powers to save the other babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesus was just a kid, so I guess, you know. He's Jesus. <laughs> well, what kind of powers would little baby Jesus have? Just infant. I'm just saying, whatever powers they are, they should theoretically be more than whatever normal non-son of God baby powers have. <laughs> but are they enough to prevent the deaths of other non-God babies? I guess we'll never know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so... Then we get uh, Eurus and his wife Lorelai are. <laughs> Actually, to... Ur- Eurus just is it's close to a lot of things. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> are, are traveling and with their son, and then they get stopped by like Polonius's guards who want to take the kid, and so then Eurus is like, you know, you go to your bro- to my brother or her brother, one or the other, and. Uh, you know, I'll try to hold them off, and of course, that's not going to go well, but luckily, guess who arrives in time to help fight off the guards, but Hercules and Aeolus. And so we get one of the uh, obligatory action scenes in Hercules. So you've never seen this, but you always, no matter what the story is, you got to have, like, a nice action, like, group of, like, bad guys where Aeolus and Hercules are just fending off people, like, one by the handful, you know. Right, right about the right about the thirty minute mark, you know, maybe yeah. people's attention is wandering. Like, let's punch this up with a little action. So you this get is the what you puts get... the butts in the seats, awesome. Right, exactly. Exactly. Sometimes they have a little bit of titillation, but you always need the uh watching a couple of suburban dads fight some <laughs> faceless goons. Yeah, I think he always has some moves, or a stuntman has some moves. One or the other, <laughs> but, yeah. Part of me thinks it's actually him because why else would you cast him <laughs> if you're just going to use a stunt man anyway? Just cast a stunt man then, you know? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, Hercules and Aeolus help Eurus fight off these guards, and then that, and then we find that Trinculus was tending to the wife. We don't know what happened back there, but uh, then they all get together <laughs> and kind of realize that they all have red hands. Well, the three of them, yeah, plus the men, you know, Eurus, Trinculus, and Aeolus, uh-huh. and uh. They also learn that Polonius is murdering, is planning to round up babies for a census, is what they said. Which is... Yes, yes, just like in the Bible! <laughs> well, we're learning some of this is out of order, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, like, think... some of this is out of order, like the existence of Jesus several thousand <laughs> years before. <laughs> we don't know that's where they're going, Oz. <laughs> um... So, no, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh. The Red Hand Band got back together. <laughs> no, I was thinking something about murdering babies. I'm trying to get a babies being uh-huh. murdered. Oh, the census. Because I remember you, uh, I feel like you told me once, because you're reading a book on this, that like the idea of the census, and that's why Joseph went to Bethlehem, doesn't quite add up because there was never a census performed in like the roman empire or something like history doesn't oh, have any record of a census right right yeah in terms of the, one of those like don't take the bible to be literal truth mm-hmm. kind of things um yeah that there's no records of any roman authority calling for a census around the time of jesus's birth yeah which would only be, which just made it sound like, well, it would be clever if that there's no record because it's all just a trap to get all the people there to murder their babies. But that mm-hmm. sounds like the wrong order of things. So, right, we're right. back to just maybe the Bible isn't 100% accurate in its text. But right, right, that it was written first. by people with <laughs> agendas <laughs> and translated many times as well. <laughs> and then, and yes, and then run through several several hundred different filters. But who are we? We're not the- theologians. Theology. <laughs> We're certainly not theologians. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's the proper word. I think it's theologians. Theologians. Yeah. Are we theologians, Austin? We're not that either. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, so then I think they decide to split up. Where Hercules is going to help Eurus get to the brother and make sure the wife is safe. Why Aeolus and Trinculus are going to go further to investigate this whole baby mur- or baby rounding up business as it is. Right, right. Breaking news, the actor who plays Polonius has been, was in the series a second time, but not playing Polonius, <laughs> yeah. which seems like the worst possible answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the most probable in the case of Hercules and his legendary journeys. <laughs> yes. It, was he in anything else? <laughs> uh, like, just in terms of general? Yeah. Uh, I mean, technically, yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, he was in an episode of Xena. He played King Gregor yeah, in an right. episode of Xena. Uh, I mean, he was in The Water Horse. That was a movie that came out once upon a time. Uh, the Water Horse, Legend of the Deep. From the uh, media company that brought you Chronicles of Narnia. All right. I have no idea what uh, the water horse is. I remember seeing a trailer for it maybe one time. 
I can only think but, of Wild Hearts can't be broken, but that's a whole different. Yeah, not movie. that. Not that. That involved water and horses, Austin. It did. It did indeed. Blinding that poor young girl. But you know yeah. what? You know what? You know what about that? The thing about the heart in that poor young blind girl. <laughs> it was wild, and it couldn't be broken. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Yeah, so they split up even though Elos is all mad about, like, we need to go north. And he's like, whatever this dream's about, dead babies are more important. Right. I and feel like Jesus would agree. <laughs> you would hope. Uh, and then we go back to the castle where the captain of the guards tells uh, Meliphany about how they rounded up most of them, but one got away. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And that, that's enough to send up the alarm bell, so she's going to go to Hera. To help them against Hercules, since I, I also like how the captain of the guard looks like he could be Fred Durst's older brother. <laughs> like he's got the the like yeah sing, the the single goatee beard stripe under the the middle of his chin and and uh, like really like short, not quite buzzed, but almost buzzed short hair. I often wonder about these like anything that takes place in these before times, right? Like (laughs) way long ago. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm overestimating or underestimating how hairy and dirty everybody would be, but you figure they have to be pretty hairy and dirty, right? Like everyone's way too clean shaven and clean cut for not having barbers, razors, scissors, or anything back in the day. Yeah. I feel like, again, I could be totally wrong about this, but I feel like, you start at the top with royalty and you work your way down and the mm-hmm. further away from royalty you get, the more disheveled and hairy and dirty and whatnot people are going to be that like to be clean shaven is a sign of status because you can afford Maybe. to have someone that trims your beard kind of a thing. But I don't know if that's, if that's true. And you just wonder how much they did that because like it's all relative. So you don't really need that clean, <laughs> clean shaven right. beard to be like relatively clean shaven or or do you just end up looking weird then, you know? Was it just weird to have a clean-shaven face back then? Well, and you think of, like, statues that we find of you know, Roman emperors and mm-hmm. whatnot are usually fairly clean-shaven. Yeah, you're but, right. then it, but then at the same time, you're like, maybe the sculptor just didn't feel like carving in the fucking beard. <laughs> and that's also true. Yeah, I don't know. You, to... you don't know. Like, I don't know what people did with, like, their fingernails, you know? There was no clippers right. or files back then. Like, you just... They they got worked down naturally, David, from yeah, their I guess. To, from their toiling in the fields. <laughs> Maybe, but they wouldn't be very well manicured at that point, right? Well, that is that is that is true for sure. And there'd be a lot a lot of pubic hair. Yeah, that. also true. <laughs> That's what I'm most confident in. Yes. Uh, so then Hercules is with Eurus, who's leaving like his wife and child with his family for safety, and. He's about to leave, but it's tough to say goodbye to his child, right? Right, And then Hercules is like, it's so tough. How about you just not go on this journey to the mythical north? (laughs) This vaguely defined journey to the north. Yeah. (laughs) And, of course, Eurus is like, I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but I know it's what I have to do. And you're like, "Mm -hmm. I guess. And so then they go, and then they meet up with Aeolus and Trinculus at a bar. And they learn about the... they're too late there that the babies are already stolen from that town. But the people are on horseback going to the next town, and they think they can take a shortcut through the mountains to cut them off. 
Or at least yes. I think their plan is to go to the next village and just save the babies before the guards get there. Yeah, something like that. And they get to the yeah, they get to the next uh, town and uh, they get the babies to safety. And at the castle, this is where Melifony comes back to Polonius and says Hera has answered her call, but only to help against Hercules, not to help with murdering babies. So I guess <laughs> even Hera has standards. Yeah, I guess she has her line. She won't cross either. She's like, mm-hmm. even though like helping against Hercules is Helping with the baby? I mean, technically, I keep saying murdering baby. Technically, they the, the plan isn't they to murder the baby. They haven't yet. gotten there yet. Nope. Now, I don't know what their plan actually is, but... <laughs> nope, we'll get to that. <laughs> but right now, it's not to murder babies yet. Right, right. Polonius wants to know, like, well, I want to see some form of what Hera's going to do. And then there's a bunch of cheap lightning effects that happen. And then... Uh, <laughs> Three or six dudes in red makeup and red armor appear. Yep. And, and these are Hera's guards. Sure. <laughs> and then Polonius is like, I already have an army. I don't need six more people for a fair army. point. I you get that one, Polonius. <laughs> <laughs> and then Melifony is like, Well, let's show him what you can do. Who's your best guard? So I get... really wanted the captain of the guard at that point to be like, well, how does one define <laughs> yeah, that <exactly. laughs> man? Most Do you loyal, want my best? Right, most loyal, best strongest, spear, sword, yeah, exactly. fastest. Best he just, she's like, who's your best man? And he like nods at a dude, and the guy's yeah. like, yes, I shall fight. Now, now, do you think secretly this head guard thought he's the best, but he knew what was coming and was like, I 100% got that vibe off of it. He was like, who's your best man? Why, I, uh, uh, that guy over there. Uh, so <laughs> this guy goes over and he just draws his sword and swings it at one of the red guards. Yep. And then the red guard can superheat, like, catches the sword, superheats it, and then grabs the guy and basically burns him to death. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, A... These guards are only going to help against Hercules, yet you still need everyone to fight other people and get the babies. And so I don't know if this was all, if wasting your best guard on this demonstration was worthwhile. Right. I feel like the better course of action would have been, who is your worst guy? Yeah, exactly. And then, at the very, and then it's like, we've demonstrated their abilities and also strengthened the team by eliminating its weakest link. <laughs> exactly. And it's not like these abilities they showed needed to be performed on a highly skilled soldier. True. Right? He just like, swung the sword me. and the guy grabbed it and then it yeah, got hot. And it was like, any moron could have done that. Mm-hmm. Like It just shows that they're super powerful, not that they're like expertly skilled or right. anything. You know? I mean, and also, to be fair, to Polonius's point, he already has a lot of guards and now he has six more who are also just kind of hot. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, it, it's better than just like just six guys, but not by much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Hera, Hera's half-assing this one. Let's be honest. She she didn't have right. her full heart. Her heart her heart is not in it. She was working on a poison shirt or something at this point, and <laughs> so back in the group in Trinculus, uh. And Eurus start uh, fighting because Trinculus hates farmers, I guess, because he used to be one. <laughs> I don't see why you're in such a hurry. 
Stop complaining. That's all you do. Busting our hump to get you to Loser. All it'll get us is a fight with Bologna's and soldiers. At least we'll have the element of surprise. You'll have it. I'll risk my life for anyone. Besides, I have to be somewhere. Hey, watch out. Keep your shirt on, pig feeder. Hey, hey, hey. We don't have time for this. What do you got against farmers anyway? There used to be one before I wised up. I guess he doesn't want to be friends. <laughs> Their attempts at, like, character development for these guys just cracks me up. <laughs> I know, he's like... Why do you hate each other? So we can then like each other by the end. And you're like, oh, right. that, that makes right. sense. <laughs> uh, so then he uh, ends up drawing something in the sand as he's like complaining about what they're doing and where they're going. And it turns and he's like, I'm just going to get out of here. This ain't worth it. But as he's drawing in the sand, he's drawing that weird star shape thing that nearly decapitated Eolus in his dream. And then Eolus and Eurus help him finish it, and they realize they all had the same dream, which I thought they already knew, but I, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's not terribly clear. Which also brings up the question, like, Eolus, they're saying they all had the same dream, but one of the things was the rock that helped Eolus know he's going in the right direction, which he only seemed to encounter. Right. So, did they others see this rock, and they still don't get what it's about, or... David, we are giving this entirely more thought than anyone involved in its creation. Dude. That is my rule. Not never don't give something more thought. But then, then this podcast would end. If that's true, I should say true. my rule would be don't give more thought to a creation than the creator did. But right, if we right. abided by that rule, this podcast would not exist. Yeah, this is true. Well, and it's been a good run, everyone. <laughs> uh, so that kind of in empowers them to keep going north because they realize they all have the same dream and they're going to go, well, they're going to go to the keep saving kids. Meanwhile, uh, Polonius and, not Maleficent, well. Close enough. <laughs> Maleficent, that's what it is. Polonius and Maleficent have realized there's a flaw in their plan of rounding up the babies <laughs> and killing the successor. <laughs> Which is that there's no way to know which one is the actual heir to the throne. And, and in the meantime, they have, like, a palace stuffed with crying babies and their mothers. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, no one's saying which one's going to be the, <laughs> the next king. Yeah, no, no one knows or is willing to say which is the, is the heir or whatever. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's 100% none of them know. I think they all are just like, what is this crazy lady talking about? I, I like to think they're interrogating the babies and getting frustrated that none of them are speaking up. <laughs> These damn infants do nothing but cry. <laughs> I got one to laugh, but that still didn't tell us that they're going to be king. <laughs> and I guess, so then Melifony just says, well, the easy solution is we just murder all the babies. Right, right. Which, considering they all have them, you think it wouldn't be that long a task, but apparently they never actually do it. Yeah, I'm glad. It, I'm glad it took her four of the five acts to get to where we all saw this going. Yeah, I know. Um, well, and what was what's weird about it is when they first did it, and they made it very clear that they were kidnapping, you know, rounding up these babies and their mothers rather than like executing them. Mm-hmm. 
I was just like, oh, well, this is a it's a riff on the Jesus story. But I mean, it's it's syndicated TV in the 90s. So we're going to tone it down a little bit and just they're not killing the babies. They're just kidnapping the babies. It's like, then you get to this point. Like, oh, wait, why did they just say they were killing them from the beginning then? <laughs> and it's not lost on me anyways that there's literally like only one prominent female character in this episode. And she's, and she's like the most evil. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there is urinal cake's wife. Yeah. She's the other female character, but she doesn't do a whole lot. She's not as prominent. Yeah. She's just there to cry. Yeah. And the, the yeah, Maliphany. And I guess it, well, what really stuck out to me is that they really made her more evil than Polonius for reasons. I still don't know why. <laughs> like, yeah. There's almost like a, uh, 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 stereotypical sitcom dynamic going yeah. here where like, Polonius is just this bumbling oaf and she's mm-hmm. the the real power behind the throne. Which can be fine, except making her the evil, and then like obviously Hera's evil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean the same producers made Xena, which I guess was more female empowering, so maybe it's just this episode that seemed to Yeah, that could not be. seem great, but maybe it's Kevin Sorbo's influence too, you know. <laughs> So the so the king and queen are still worried about uh who or Hercules and the fact that they're saving all these babies and what they're going to do about it and then they realize that uh they can go that her that the path Hercules are on is going to st- take them straight to the castle in Bethos and so right. they can just wait for him to come to them and then at some point. Yeah, the guards find Lorelai. Yeah. That would be Urethra's wife. Yeah. Yeah, Urethra or Uranus's wife. Or, well, we can't say Uranus because that's actually a Greek figure. Yeah, yeah. Uranus is a Greek figure, huh? <laughs> you damn right it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks of you to finally notice. <laughs> uh so so they get Lorelai and they're like ah this must be the baby or we're gonna kill this baby too or whatever and hercules and the group are are at some point yeah now i'm getting it all mixed up but i don't know (laughs) you again you're caring about this more than it deserves i know no because at some point trinculus decides he's gonna leave like he Uh can't handle it for reasons i forget i don't know why he's just like I don't want to do this anymore. And then he leaves just so he can have a dramatic. Uh, yeah, that's the reason, David, it's, it's all <laughs> last act drama here. <laughs> but that kind of stuff never works when it's going to be the very next scene. Then. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. That they dramatically return, which is what happens because Hercules arrives at Hercules and the crew minus Trinculus arrive at this like abandoned village, which is just like a couple buildings. Cause you, they don't have a budget to show everything, and so... Right, they don't have abandoned village money. Yeah, exactly. And then an archer shows up and shoots an arrow at Hercules, but he, of course, catches it because he's Hercules. Yeah. And then he's drawing his bow again, but then gets knocked out by guess who? Trinculus. Trinculus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Goes back to kick some ass. No, uh... Trinculus knocks him out and is like, I decided to come back to help you out. And they're like, yay, I guess. So then they're like, that's uh, 90 seconds of my life. I'm never getting back. 
so then they kind of storm the castle and uh, without any real knowledge as to how they got in. And, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Who are we to say? Maybe they just left the drawbridge open, or I don't even know how what the security of this castle is. Right. All I know is the red army, red guards are there to meet Hercules, and then it's just a big another big action sequence to be the climax, right? Yeah. So, what do you think of this action sequence? What do you think of Eolus and his like ninja moves? Well, so yeah, earlier when you had said you liked Eolus because he was the the agile one, yeah. This this is where I was like, okay, well, I, I guess I can see that because yeah, he's he's doing the like the spin kicks yep, and yeah. and and whatnot, whereas as Hercules is more just like feet planted, punching stuff kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did enjoy how the the king and queen are engaging in the classic villain uh, uh, approach of calmly watching the heroes fighting their. <laughs> soldiers as though it's like a spectator sport and not neither fleeing nor no way this fire is going to spread to me right like i'm right right perfectly safe on this throne yep uh so there's eolus's fight and then we got hercules doing it still his punches and he i think he like runs across the wall at some point for some reason but uh, he's beating up stuff but i did but the red he is mostly facing the red guards which are tough to handle because they keep burning all the weapons he's using on him. But it also was like, it was just him against those six and no one else came to like help him out or anything. Right. Right. I get that they're only going to fight Hercules because that's Hera's order, but doesn't mean any other people can't help save him or help him out, you know, but yeah. yeah. But at some point, like Hercules is having a tough time dealing with these guys until he realizes that if one touches the other, they both explode into oblivion. Which seems like quite the flaw in Hera's red cards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how the final duo is dispatched when Hercules throws him crotch first at the other one. <laughs> Well, I did like at one point he has a chandelier drop and he catches it and then he uses it as like a discus to like hit one into the other. I think I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing of a chandelier into one to bounce into the other. It does bring up the point that like you could say that this is the best Hera can do and it's not her fault that if one touches the other, they explode. Mm -hmm. But there's an easy solution to it. What's that? Five guards. And you can't tell me why that wouldn't work. <laughs> or seven. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm saying, like, maybe she only had enough power for six. But okay, sure. But have enough power for five. And if right. the spell is you can only have even numbers, just send one away. Just be like, <laughs> go north. <to> the <laughs> send one after Jesus. <laughs> they get to the north and the major's just on fire. Yeah, <laughs> They wouldn't even get there because there'd be this one guard that he couldn't deal with. But no, uh-huh. they have an even number of guards so that yep. in Paris yep. they could collide with each other and explode into oblivion with a classic supervillain god bumble. <laughs> uh, and then we have like uh, Uranus and uh, Trink- Trinkumon uh, fighting them. Fighting. 
and they're they're kind of yeah just, they're fighting the non-fiery guards yeah so same with eolus like they're all just fighting yeah. these guards but somehow yeah. like polonius decides to get involved and tries to kill eurus which i should also note that when eurus comes in initially polonius like mocks him like we got your wife and baby what are you going to do about this and i'm like Man, this is kind of a good king, actually, if he recognizes all his subjects by their name and who their <laughs> wives are, right? Like, <laughs> he may have kidnapped all those mothers and babies, but he made sure to look them in the eye and say their name three times before escorting them to the dungeon so he'd remember <laughs> who they were. Or I guess the sadder version of this is he recognizes Eurus because he invoked his prima nocturne. <laughs> I still don't know that he recognized Eurus from that. Yeah, I know. Maybe. I don't know. He might be the type that m- makes the guy watch, right? Like, Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, there's a whole thing where he throws a spear and then Pol- or, uh, Trinculus saves him. And he says, yeah. I thought you didn't want to stick your neck out. No. So, yeah, I think so. Polonius was going to, as Eurus was engaged with a guard, Polonius snuck up behind him and was going to... St- like stab him then mm-hmm. trinculus throws a dagger and kills polonius yep causing Maliphany to cry out in sadness i guess but uh yeah that's where yura says i thought you didn't stick your neck out for anyone i didn't have a choice a, I'm not sure why he had to, and B, I don't know how much of a neck sticking out this was. By right, he threw a knife from a safe distance. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. And then a guard's coming up behind Triculus, so then Eurus has to then throw a spear and hit the guard, and so then they saved each other, and now they're friends, and that's why they fought for that one scene earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just so they can uh, bond in the end. Now I want to spin off with these two. As the Hercules and Eolus <laughs> of the show. Austin. Yeah. I don't like when you lie to me. <laughs> You're right. I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> Lies make baby Jesus cry. That's, that's very important. <laughs> and we know that because he'll be coming up here soon. <laughs> um. So then we get to. So then they're rounding up all the uh, babies and bring him back, but then Melifony is like, You forget. I carry the heir to Polonius' throne in my womb. And you forget the laws of succession in Bethos. The king dies without a living male heir. The people may elect their next ruler. Apparently, there's a rule in Bethos that if the king dies without an heir, then they have a free and fair election to decide the next king. Yeah, I find their legal standing here dubious. <laughs> I mean, I guess when you think about ro- uh, royalty, it's always a little dubious because it only works if people accept it. Right. Well, and even just like uh, Hercules, like this is the equivalent of like a, a foreign actor coming into a country <laughs> and then dethroning its ruler yeah. and then leading the elections to replace that ruler like i just it it seems like a dubious standpoint and then so the people vote in a new ruler but then does the like primogenitor ruling go into effect at that point like is that the new king and then its heirs remain on the throne until such a point that one of them dies without a male heir that's what i (laughs) 
cooked and eaten. Like, which I mean, I guess isn't terribly different than say when you know the English dethrone uh, uh, Charles and you know put William Duke of Orange on the throne, and then that that's, that descendants are the rulers for a while, or when Elizabeth dies yeah. and then James becomes king, and now we have the Stuarts that are in charge of of England and all that, but it just seems a little, we just have to recognize that that's what would happen, you know, like, right, right. Hercules overthrew the current, the ruler of Bethos and in, in, in order to get somebody more favorable to the uh, Greek nation and right. In charge. Right. We can only assume that's how, yeah. I just wonder like, so how, who runs these elections? <laughs> like, the, right. Who's in charge right. during this uh, interim period? Hercules. I mean, well, who else? (laughs) We could do worse than Hercules. Right. Kevin Sorbo, on the other hand. So then on the way out, we get my absolute favorite moment of the entire episode. Oh, yeah. When, as they're leaving, Eolus says, Hasta la vista, baby. (laughs) He's a man of the world. Obviously, he's been to the (laughs) Spanish Empire. I was going to say, he is a man of the world, including a part of the world that speaks a language that doesn't exist and hasn't been created yet. (laughs) A language that's derivative of a language of another people who will someday overtake the land that they are currently on. Yes. And look, let's not kid ourselves. This is not (laughs) scrupulously uh, historically accurate dialogue to begin with. But man, when they just drop shit like that in, it's it's hard to it's hard to blow past. <clears throat> I mean, they are speaking English, I guess, and so maybe right. But I mean, you, there's a certain amount. You, 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 it it's all about suspension of disbelief. Yeah, just know. the notion of like, yeah, they're speaking English, but we're we're hearing their Greek translated or whatever. And there's probably are idioms and phrasing mm-hmm. that in this episode alone that was early that just didn't stick out as much but when it's just like wait that's a pop culture phrase from a few years before this episode was made that in and of itself is what it is but then when you realize he's speaking a language that doesn't exist yet (laughs) like if he had done it like i'll be yo you you stay off that throne or i'll be back you'd be like Oh, okay, it's a winky nod to a famous line from a movie, but there's nothing terribly anachronistic about that phrase. All right, so I'll grant you the point that just the fact that it makes you think about all this is probably the problem in and of itself. Right. But I'm just saying, like, theoretically, since they're speaking English, and you can just pretend, like, well, of course, it's just being translated for us. They're actually speaking Greek. But Mm -hmm. Hasta la Vista would just be simply a foreign language equivalent to Greece at the times, like, I don't know, ancient Chinese or something. <laughs> it is a, it it is to the Greek language what the Spanish language is to English translated into Spanish to maintain the relationship between English and Spanish is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> okay. I am mollified. I retract my objections. <laughs> probably from like, but it's probably a line from like a famous Greek play that used this other language. Yep, 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 you're right. Nope, I try, I follow. <laughs> I mean, as I said, this show's silly. Like, I... Right, right. I think I land on, like, as a whole liking this show, but it's not, yeah. You, you, yeah, yeah, You yeah, can't yeah. think about it at all. It's, it's, it's inherently silly. And I don't even think it's... Yeah, I, 
yeah, it's not trying to be anything more. Although this one, I don't know what, well, we'll get into the, <laughs> our overall <laughs> thoughts on this episode, but, uh, so then they pass by this window and they're talking about their dream and what next. And they see a bright star in the sky and that's from their dream too. And then they see a shadowy figure in it that looks very much like a Jesus. Yeah. No, I was trying to think of Caucasian Jesus. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Commonly accepted presentation of Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Although it's still just a silhouette, so his race yeah. is up for determination. Yeah. Uh, so then they all then they decide that's where they must go. So then. They follow the star to this little manger-like building. <laughs> Pa-rum-pum-pum-pum. That has this giant glow coming from it, which is left uncommented upon. Yes, yes. But uh, Hercules says... Just a hunch. But some, I believe that what you're about to witness is bigger and more important than anything we've ever done. Wow. Way to throw your own dad under the bus there, Hercules. <laughs> And then the, then they start walking towards, and he also is like, Hercules, you want to come? He's like, I'll be there in a moment, which I, I whatever. But so then <laughs> he's like, no, I'm a heathen pagan. <laughs> so then they start walking towards this glowing manger. And that's how it ends. Uh, I have a few questions but so obviously this is supposed to be possibly an homage to the Christmas story. Right. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and A, this episode starts with Eolus moping about how no one's going to ever know his name. Because <laughs> he's just going to be known as that guy with Hercules. <laughs> is being a wise man to Jesus in the Christmas story any better than that? Right? Is being Bob Frankincense any better than uh, Hercules Paleolus? Well, here's my question to you, Austin. Do you know the name of the Wiseman? Oh, uh, no. It's uh, Melchior or Melchior, uh, Balthazar, and Casper. Yeah, I knew Balthazar was one of them. That sounds familiar. And now, I only know this because I played Chrono Trigger, and there were three old men who guide you in that video game who happen to be named Melchior. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Balthazar and technically Jasper in at least the English translation, which still wouldn't have let me know that that's the name of the three wise men, except for the fact that my dad saw me playing the game, saw those names and said, oh, that's the name of the Magi. My dad knows everything. (laughs) I was just going to say, because your dad is awesome like that. And so that's why that sticks out in my head. I think technically uh, Evangelion has a reference. Well, this is like, I'm not even sure. Are they supposed to be the Magi? Are they just the <laughs> shepherds? They're definitely are they supposed just... to be the Magi, right? Except they have the wrong names. Which... They, except they have the wrong names and no gifts. Like, the whole <laughs> point of the Magi is that they're the ones with the gifts. Like, that's... <laughs> What do you know about the Magi? They bring gifts. Like the, the whole reason that we give presents at Christmas is supposed to be because the Magi bring presents to Jesus. And these, so if they're the wiser, like write something in here about how each one of them has a thing that's going to be their gift that they bring. But that would require them to have props, and they can't afford props. <laughs> Eolus has no 
blanket to sleep on. He has nothing to give the baby. <laughs> so what if they ended up with gifts and they go into the manger, right? And then, you know, Hercules says, I'll be back. But he, really, the reason he was hesitating is he didn't have a gift. But then he found a little drum. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went into the manger with the drum. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, they're supposed to be the Magi, but you're right. They don't have the gift. There's a lot. And look, let's, let's be clear here. <laughs> if they did a thing where at the end of they, they Polonius is dead and uh, Maleficent has been overthrown in a democratic revolution <laughs> and the newly elected president of Bethos is like, Thank you, Hercules and friends, for your efforts in saving these babies and helping us overthrow this tyrant. In uh, in take these tokens of our appreciation, and Aeolus gets frankincense, and Urethra gets myrrh, <laughs> and Trinculus gets uh, gold. And we're which all like, already had what you thought they were going with, right? Exactly. So you're like, oh, wink, wink, and then they go, and then you're even. You could end it the exact same with them just like walking in the, but like mm-hmm. each of them getting eat that that gift, and you're like, oh, they're the wiser. It would be cheesy as hell. <laughs> but what the hell about this so far isn't cheesy? Yeah, as I mean, hell? yeah. Like, what tone are you trying to protect? <laughs> something that they strayed from, like, like, like right? Like, what, what? What are the lines that these people feel like? Oh no, that's too winking. That's too cheesy. Like, <laughs> come on. We've got the red hand. Well, so what are the implications of Jesus being born with Hercules in his vicinity? <laughs> oh <my vicinity>? God. <laughs> well, and and of course it's like the Hercules has to be subservient. You know, he's the 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 like you know oh, this is going to be a pretty big fucking deal and like. Mm-hmm. Your dad is the big deal right now, dude. <laughs> like Your dad's Zeus. Uh-huh. Although this is the son of God, which is then to suggest that uh, God exists and, like, Christian God exists. Yeah. Which, I mean, is not a... Uh, you see that in plenty of, of fiction kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, frankly, I feel like the Bible seems to... As much as people say there's only one God, I feel like there's a lot of passages in the Bible that seem to suggest there are many gods. You're just supposed to choose right, this one right. God. Like, he's the one you're supposed to have above no other. Yeah. Not yeah. That, which would imply that there are others. Uh, we don't seem to know yeah. about that. But then you would think if he God did exist, then Zeus should know about it, right? Zeus should be like, mm-hmm. there's this other God that created Earth, I guess? I don't know. And then Hercules should know about it. I don't know. And this is taking place. I don't know when did when was Hercules alive, as if he was a real person. Uh, like probably like five thousand BC, or do you think? No, because maybe we're we're past like ancient Egypt. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's like I guess I don't know everything. I'm trying to think about mythology in that, like. We know, like, the real ancient Greeks, like Socrates or Aristotle or whatever. But theoretically, this would all be before them, right? Right, right. Because this is, like, their, quote, history, or at least their... I guess, yeah. like, Troy was a real... Was that a real war? Uh, theoretically? 
theoretically, though, it probably didn't go down the way it does. Well, yeah, I I doubt an apple of discord was involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the stories of Hercules predate Jesus by a couple hundred years. Mm, Okay. And then it just becomes a question of, you know, how far back do you peg his apparent Mm -hmm. existence if you're believing in his existence? Um, Yeah, so thousands of years is maybe a bit of a misnomer, but... um, Yeah. Yeah, it's well before... We also have the weirdness that we just figured out that, like, theoretically, Jesus is supposed to flee to Egypt and then come back later, and yet... They already took care of that problem, so there's no reason for <laughs> Jesus to leave, except I guess he's not in Bethlehem. I don't even know how far Bethlehem is from Greece. Seems like yeah, it's pretty I, far, right? Well, especially in in um, these times. Yeah, when you have to walk. Yeah, distance is... is uh, um, Corey, the, the gruel orphans, um, if... If we were to pin the Trojan War to a specific historical conflict, it's usually dated around the 11th or 12th century BCE. So, like, that's 1,200 years before Jesus. And mm-hmm. if we go, I mean, that's Hercules was that's you know past his time. Yeah, such as it is. So, I mean, we're talking maybe 1,500 years before actual Jesus shows up. Now, to be fair, we don't know when specifically jesus was born but we know but we know around then like like if we know when he was born zero david he was born year zero (laughs) i'm saying if it was like actually negative five i don't think a lot of historians would be 12 25 0 0 0 (laughs) 0 is when jesus was born december 25th (laughs) this is what i'm saying december 25th 0 0 0 0 on what calc you know calendar because we we added months after that and then yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> on which calendar yes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no it's it's patently ridiculous i mean it's fine this show is ridiculous yeah, i don't yeah, i mean yeah. this frankly my biggest my <laughs> biggest uh gripe with this episode is that it doesn't lead into this more yeah yeah like it starts off and you got the dream and you're like okay this is the star they're going to see jesus i can see where this is going um, oh, that's cute. Oh, Bethos, wink, wink. That's cute. <laughs> um, they're doing the baby thing. I got it. But then, like, I mean, 85% of this episode is just Hercules and Eolus going from town to town, punching goons who are trying to steal babies. <laughs> and then at the very end, they're like, oh, and look, there's Jesus. And I was like, I, would, I wanted more of the Jesus. Like, <laughs> So you wanted less of Hercules punching goons? Well, that's not necessarily true. <laughs> I mean, I did like when they threw that one crotch first and he exploded. (laughs) I wanted wanted more of the, like, now they met this guy, and now they found the frankincense, and now, oh, there's there's a kid with a drum, and, oh, look, there's some shepherds. Let's bring them along. They needed, like, like, a Christmas tree, too, because they had the weird tree. I don't even think we talked about that, but that was... Yeah, was that supposed to be, like, a Christmas tree? Yeah, it didn't really look like one, right? No, but, like, the... You know, if that's where it came from. I don't know. I'm just saying lean into the cheesy. We're going to do we're going to mash up a bunch of of historical eras and Christmas traditions and stuff. And well, I think one thing probably not like we can't upset Christians more. Right. Um, 
Right. The Christmas story is pretty boring, right? Like, it's not yeah. a very exciting story. Sure, sure. And so then it's like, well, then they have to punch it up with doing things out of order, I guess, with like having and, the baby stolen the crotch, first, and then crotch yeah, fire <laughs> and fighting goons, which is all fine. And I don't know. I there's part of me that's like, I don't even know what the whole point of this, like, why they decide to go down this road instead of just trying to like do different, like, have their own Greek ancient greece christmas celebration kind of episode that celebrated mm-hmm. the spirit of giving or something right like, right get into the origins what if santa claus was like a son of zeus too no that's what i was just gonna say was instead of it being trinculus it should be like santa clausius or something <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah you saint know saint nicholas and you're like oh, that's santa claus <laughs> but instead yeah they just i don't know and then maybe instead of uh, uh, Hera sending down fiery goons, she sends down, like, the Krampus. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or Grinches like, or something. Or, yeah, like Grinchulus. Oh, no, it's the Grinchulus. I'm just like, saying. I, let's have some fun with this. Like, you feel like they could have had more fun, and I think it would have been a better episode, because this episode really wasn't that good. It's just not very mm-hmm. exciting at all, and I think some right. of it's down to the, uh, the Christmas story not being a very exciting story, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you made it more fun, you probably make it more lean into m- being more non-denominational Christmas mm-hmm. with just like Santa Claus and like right. the Grinch, and you could do all sorts of stuff. And I don't know why, but they really seem to want to lean heavily into the religion on this too. It seemed like. Well, I, I think we know why. <laughs> well, that's where you wonder. Like, did did Kevin Sorbo have influence on this? I don't see how he couldn't have. <laughs> I mean, knowing what we know of him now and the fact that he's the star of the show and everything. Um, I can't imagine he didn't have some in, you know, I'm not saying he dictated the episode or anything like that, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if they like asked him about it. And he was like, sure. As long as you make it clear, Jesus is the real deal. And he's number one. <laughs> It's possible. Apparently, there's also a Xenia companion episode to this, so... <laughs> oh, really? We have that to look forward to. Yeah, what did I say? That'll be, that'll be your pick for next year's Christmas episode. Oh, and also, I guess I didn't see... The, sorry, I was looking at some notes I had that, uh... There's a disclaimer to say... that Did we? Did you see a disclaimer at the end? I mm, guess I, I, I probably not. wasn't paying attention. Apparently, it says, No unnamed baby of key biblical and mythological importance was harmed during the production of this motion picture. See, I need that vibe in the episode <laughs> more. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I do. I did enjoy the uh, the summary in an IMDb for the episode. <laughs> it starts off by saying, "In this charming Christmas episode," I'm like, "That's a little bit more editorial than these episode <laughs> summaries usually are." <laughs> Uh, it says that this episode premiered the same night as A Solstice Carol, a Christmas-themed episode of Xena Warrior Princess. Based on both episodes' endings, they appear to take place more or less at the same time. Oh, is 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 uh, uh, Xena the drummer boy then, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> is Xena Mary? Is she the one in the... <laughs> oh, see, that would be... That'd... Yeah. She's no virgin, I can tell you that much. Right. So this was an episode, I guess. I don't know what more to say about it. <laughs> it seemed like very much just hinged on, let's do Hercules stuff where they beat up a bunch of guards, and I guess we need something to like frame it, so let's do a Christmas story because it's around Christmas. And 
Mm-hmm. Nothing felt very exciting or unique about it, I'll tell you that. Although I do feel like actual like Christmas story episodes don't happen very often, right? No. No, you don't see like of all maybe of there's the, a reason for that, but I was just saying right, it is unique. Right. Right. But of all of the um um Christmas episode cliches kind yeah, of Yeah, common narratives that get mm. lifted, you know. There's your Christmas carol pastiches, there's your uh Santa Claus pastiche whatever. You don't get this one very often. Yeah, yeah. And maybe we're seeing why cuz uh mm. <laughs> I'm just waiting for like the next episode where, you know, Zeus demands Hercules kills baby Jesus because he's a threat to the Olympians. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> a big war between Mount Olympus and the Christian God. Uh, anything else, Austin? No, I feel like I've said my piece. <laughs> Did this get you in your Christmas mood? <laughs> I mean, to get me to uh, reach out to the Gruel Orphans and brush up on my uh, my Christmas mythology. Yeah, I haven't uh, haven't dug into that recently. What is it? Is it Luke three sixteen or is it? I is Matthew. Matthew three sixteen. I know Matthew is one of the gospels that does Christmas stuff. There's two of them. As a two, Matthew. Yeah, two of them tell. There's slight variations between the two, but there's the two of them that do it. Why would there be variations when it's just simply telling us the truth of yeah, what happened? Bring it up with God, David. <laughs> uh, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me certainly not being sacrilegious on Twitter at Austin Gordon. <laughs> and you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com, uh, comicsxf.com, and comicbookherald.com. You can find me on Twitter. Yeah, I'm being sacrilegious. Who am I kidding? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at Dr. Bits, that's doctor spelled out, and at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. We are a very special episode podcast. You can rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. You can follow the show on Twitter, at AVSEpod. You can check out our Facebook page, and yeah, I'm sure I'm going to love the comments on this one. And uh, email us at <laughs> avsepodcast at gmail.com. For a very special episode podcast, this is David reminding everybody that Hercules is the reason for the season. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode.